away. Huberto walks in, makes a move, and he scores! Jonathan Huberto! And he scores! Alexander Markov! What a move! He's giving the Panthers the lead once again! Welcome to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. Here are your hosts, Jameson Olive and Doug Plakins. Hey everybody, welcome to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers, presented as always by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. We used to tell you what episode we were on when we started it, but we've done so many of them that we've lost count at this point, and for that we thank all of you for tuning in and being on board with us each and every week here on Territory Talk. Doug Plagans, Jameson Olive here with you as always. An exciting show coming your way. We are going to hear from former Panther, longtime National Hockey League defenseman, and a part of the Panthers broadcasts on Bally Sports Florida, Ed Jovanovsky going to stop by. We'll hear from him coming up in just a little bit. Great conversation with Jovo. Covered a lot of different topics, so stick around. We've got that coming your way here in just a few moments. We are into our off-season episodes. Still a little bit of time to pass before we get into our NHL draft preview series here on Territory Talk, but we will be looking forward to that. And in the conversation with Jovo, we dip our toe into the NHL draft water a little bit and talk about uh, some of his draft stories and more coming up a little bit later on. So again, don't go anywhere. We've got a great conversation coming up on Territory Talk. We're going to tackle a little topic coming up here as well. Speaking of former Panthers who have now gone onto the broadcasting side of things and the Panthers have some great former players who've become great broadcasters. When you look at uh, Randy Moeller and Billy Lindsay who've been here doing it for a long time and Jovo and Jeff Chikrin across the board, a lot of guys who've been able to uh, go from being a player and to being really good on the air. So we're going to talk a little and, bit about... Does, does every market pretty much have at least one of those guys these days between the radio and TV broadcast? Who's a fixture? I think you have... A former mul- player. Multiple, I feel like, yeah. Yeah, I think you have, I think you have multiple, uh, really, in a, in a lot of different places. Um, and it's, uh, you know, it's something that just is, is a big part. Uh, it's a big part of the team, big part of the organization. And, uh, and we're going to talk a little bit here in a few moments about uh, players that we've worked with players that we've been around here with the Panthers or maybe elsewhere who we think if they wanted to, yeah, if they want to turn into pretty good broadcasters down the road. I know we've got a couple in mind, but James and all, before we get into that exciting topic, I think people are going to enjoy this one. And folks, <laughs> if you're tuned in out there, we hope you enjoy it. At Doug Plagans on Twitter, at Jameson Coop on Twitter. Tweet us if you have some ideas, maybe some guys that we didn't think of you think would just be really good on the air whether you like the way they break it down you like their presence you think they're funny whatever you think might lend itself to being good on the air be sure to throw those suggestions our way or if you have suggestions for well anything else you can always tweet us twitter doesn't close it's open all the time we're always there tweet it even if we're sleeping we'll get it in the morning jameson all how the heck are you i'm good good like you said we're, we're getting close uh, to kicking off the draft coverage, uh, getting very close, going to have a lot of stuff there, then a lot of free agency talk, a lot of prospect talk. The floodgates kind of open here pretty soon, but right now we're talking broadcasters, we're having some fun, uh, but I'm good. You know, I was at the uh, Palm Beach Skate Zone a couple days ago with Anthony Duclair. He's surprised to learn to play class. Uh, that was great to see. Uh, he's, you know, sticking around here all summer. You know, a lot of guys are, it seems like. Of course, Aaron Eckblad's always here. 
you know, he said Carter Verhage's here as well for an extended period of time. So that's good to see. You know, the, the contingency of off-season people in Florida is, is growing, and I know all the guys are just chomping at the bit to get back out on the ice, you know, pick up where they left off with how great this past season was. So great to catch up with Duke, but like we said, a lot of stuff coming up, uh, you know, here on Territory Talk. Uh, speaking of the other podcasts, you know, Cole Schwinn, of course, coming up on the Panthers Pipeline. Uh, look for that in a couple days. And Pete Blackburn of uh, Bally Sports uh, and their national NHL writer, a guy I know a lot of people follow on Twitter, really funny, uh, got a lot of good insights. Uh, he joined uh, Around the NHL uh, with Randy Muller and Katie Gauss, their podcast. And for those of you that don't know, that is a separate podcast. It is separate from the Panthers Podcast Network. you got to subscribe separately. Go search for it on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow along because that's not really a Panthers podcast. It's Panthers people talking about the rest of the NHL. They're talking about the playoffs. They're talking about other teams, you know, the draft, things like that. Uh, but here at Territory Talk, this is the Panther-centric show. For those guys, it's the NHL show. So very different. Subscribe separately. Go find it. Check out the latest episode with Pete Blackburn. It's really good. But, Doug, uh, I'm doing good. I'm excited for this topic. I'm excited for the interview with Jovo, but I'm excited for this topic because this is something that you and I, I feel like just every couple, you know, six, seven weeks – we just start talking about a guy in this sense and say, man, that guy would be or will be a great broadcaster. I've got two in mind. I don't know if you want to start this. You start it off. Okay. Well, I've had two in mind for a long time. And from the from the time I met the two guys, uh, one of my first impressions was, well, first of all, he's a good guy. But one of the first things I thought of after that, he's got to be good on the air if he ever wants to pursue this avenue. And two former Panthers, two guys from my time here, uh, Troy Brower and Jamie McGinn, I think, uh, and starting with both of them, Troy Brower, one of those guys, when you talk to him in an interview, even if you're just talking about something simple, how'd that last game go? Take us through this. Well, you know, something simple. You'd get a very unique perspective. You'd get a really good breakdown. He really thought the game well, but could also explain it in a way that, Accessible. A lot of folks could understand, yeah. and he didn't. He didn't. Uh, you know, it, it didn't get to be too complex. He had a real knack for breaking down the game, and this was as a player being interviewed. This wasn't somebody who was a professional broadcaster, but he had a real knack for breaking down the game. He's got a, and you know this, James, and I think any fan out there who had a chance to meet him, great personality, yep. really approachable, great credentials, played for a long time, has a Stanley Cup ring. He's a he's somebody that I think you could. You could put on TV, you could put him on radio, you could put him on a podcast, you could put him anywhere, and I think he'd be just a, a really engaging guy to be able to talk about the sport. And he's, uh, you know, he's got a, just a good, confident delivery about him too. And the same could be said for Jamie McGinn. You are not going to meet many nicer guys than Jamie McGinn, somebody you could sit down and chat with and feel like you've known him for 15 years. And I think that's, he's got that knack, which not everyone yeah, has. He's but. got that ability. And I think it would translate through a TV screen or, or through, uh, through, your, through your listening device if you're tuned into a game, if you're driving around in your car. You could sit down and listen to Jamie McGinn talk and feel like you're, you're hanging out with a neighbor, somebody that uh, just has a, a really engaging presence about him. And like Troy Brower, somebody who played the game for a long time, has a ton of great experiences, uh, a unique perspective with uh, a couple of brothers who played the game at the highest level as well. I think either of them, Troy, Jamie, if you guys are listening to Territory Talk, <laughs> I, I think that either of them, if they felt so inclined at any point down the road, I think either of them have what it takes to be outstanding on the air. Maybe maybe they just didn't think they could yet, but they're going to listen to this and get, get that boost from you and say, we're going for it. 
especially with all these new jobs opening up. Yeah. Uh, you know, of course, with ESPN expanding so their coverage, TNT, so many platforms. Start even if they're not working for a team. I, I love those guys to start a podcast together. You know, that would be the, awesome. The, the, the Troy and Ginner podcast or something like that. And I don't think I listen. You, and I don't think they just from a broadcast mechanics perspective. I don't think you'd really have to. Train or coach either of them up too much. I just think they've kind of got it. Just when, when you talk to them, you can sense that these guys just—they just have it. They—they they have a presence and they have the ability to to discuss things and and do it in a in a really concise and and detailed manner. Yeah, no, big fan of both those guys. I knew you were going to say those guys, so we've talked about them in the past. And they honestly—that's probably top two. I think for us as guys, we've met over here the last seven, eight years or whatever it's been. So uh, definitely up there. I know a lot of fans are probably listening and saying, you know, you got to say Lou. He's an obvious choice. He's done a little bit of, you know. And one of the most entertaining yeah, people. Yeah, and he's yeah. done guest hosting for TSN and stuff. So he's, he's dipped his toes in the water already. But I think he's really, of course, crushing, you know, the hockey ops world right now. Of course, he's got, he's got a gold medal for Team Canada uh, at the World Championship. So he's doing just fine. I don't think he's going to go that route. But so he's an easy pick. He'd be great. But, you know, it's too easy. It's too obvious. We got to move on. Sean Thornton would be great, too. But he's crushing it on the he's business, in the business side, side as well. He's in the business side as well. But um, so kind of thinking back, I mean, one guy, you know, I'll say that I think, you know, of course, you even look at current players, Keith Yandel. Keith Yandel's probably going to, whenever he decides to hang him up down the road, he's probably got a future in media somewhere because he's already got such a following and he's already so great at just talking stories for days. You know, whenever he goes on Chicklets, those episodes just explode because he always has such great stories, which is a big part of being a broadcaster. You got to have the resume to fill the stories and you got to have those connections. So uh, maybe looking down the road, that, that's what he'll get into. But you know, a, a guy I think that would be really, really good, and I think more nationally, and I'm surprised his name hasn't come up, because of course, like I said, ESPN's filling out their platform, uh, TNT's already got guys like Wayne Gretzky coming in, that was a big name drop, he's going to be on their broadcast, why has no one mentioned Yarmir Yager? as a guy to bring back to North America to be on one of these broadcasts? Talk about star power, and you talk about a guy with stories, and you talk about a guy that really, I don't think has a TV filter, I think he could be the Charles Barkley of a TNT broadcast because of course he's Wayne, funny he's hilarious and Wayne is very you know he's very straight laced he's very by the books Yagis would be a wild card on that panel and he'd he, he'd give you the, the Twitter clip highlight every single night and the thing with with Yarmir Yager and we saw well, that in the locker room every game yes he's a he's a character and he and he's he's funny but at the same time you may not meet somebody who thinks the game he's a very would the word be cerebral approach to high i mean he thinks the game more than anybody there he would have an opinion on everything that happens but he, he can also, break down any play yes but he is such a student of the game he thinks the game and he has seen everything in the sport look at the way he played the game he processes the game better than anybody maybe who's ever played it outside of number 99 it would be a great perspective. And he played long enough that he still, I think still more than half the players in the league right now probably played with or against him too because he did play long enough. He only hung him up a couple of years ago. So And people listen when he says something. He could be talking about what he had for breakfast and everybody would be locked in saying, I want to see what Yarmir's going to say. And you know what? He's uh, he's still playing over in the Czech Republic. Yep. So maybe maybe he just hasn't hung, once he does actually retire at age 80 from it, Yeah, hockey, 15, 20 years from now. Then, then I could see it maybe happening. So I really do think he would just crush a broadcast and we talk about funny things, and this always pops into my head. Do you remember? This wasn't even a secret. This was on social. This came out there. But when Nick Bukestad was on, like, a, a goal drought, and he finally scored, and then we came in the locker room that day, and there was just a lifelike baby orangutan 
sitting in his locker. Do you remember that in his stall? Yes. And we're like, how the heck did that get there? And Yogg's was just in the corner cracking up because Yogg's had his own corner. Yogg's had two stalls. The only player I've ever seen that. He just claimed two stalls in the locker room and he had them both. And no one's going to say anything. He, 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 had a, he had real estate in there. And he was just dying. And he was just going, Bugay, Bugay, eh, the monkey, Bugay. Because like, he like got, because like, it was the monkey off his back. And Yogg just thought it was the funniest thing. And I remember too, the monkey was not like a stuffed monkey. This was not something you get at a toy store. This, it was lifelike. This thing was probably, I wouldn't be shocked if this thing cost several hundred dollars. It was grade A orangutan was in Bugie's locker room. And he thought it was hilarious. And I even remember later on we talked about it. And I was like, Bugie, though, he's Yogg's always this funny. He goes, well, you remember the game where Bugie got in that fight and his visor cut his... his in his, Edmonton. Yeah, his visor cut his helmet and he had a, like a, a, a cut down his forehead. He goes, oh, well, he's been calling me Harry Potter for about six weeks ever since I got that cut. So that if Yogg's can even make pop culture references is what you need out there. So that is great. I I only started thinking about this when we, when we started talking about this right now, and now I'm all about. It's a great this. idea. Like, how has this not happened? I'm all about this. Uh, so my pick definitely. Yogg's. Everybody retweet territory talk. Let's get Yogg's on TNT right now with Wayne. Yogg's and Wayne. Like I said, that's a Twitter highlight every night with with Yogg's and, and Wayne going at it. So that's my pick right there. That's 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 a slam dunk. If he ends up happening, I want a finder's fee. 10%. I love the selection. Yeah. You heard it first right here on Territory Talk. Let's make it work. So just some names that uh, we've thrown just out there. Just names. Yeah, anybody that uh, anybody you have in mind, if you if somebody that maybe we we left out uh, and you have a suggestion, toss it along. At Doug Plagans, at Jameson Coop on Twitter. Territory Talk is always presented by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. I think it's about time we get into our featured conversation this week, Jameson. We had a chance to chat with... Ed Jovanovsky, longtime Panthers defenseman, longtime National Hockey League defenseman, part of the Panthers broadcast on Bally Sports Florida. Let's get right to it. All right, well, Jovo, first things first, want to get to it. How's the offseason, the summer been for you so far, and how is the golf game treating you? Hey, guys. Yeah, it's been, it's been good, you know, <clears throat> tying up some loose ends, always finding something to do. But I've been really been enjoying watching the playoffs. Uh, that's something that we, you know, as hockey fans and former players love continue to do, especially playoff time. And um, and the weather is just a little bit too toasty to play the everyday golf. So I'm at that once a week right now. So the handicap is climbing a little bit. <laughs> Jova, when you, when you watch the playoffs, when you watch hockey, do you look at it as a fan, as a former player, as, as a broadcaster? Do you look at the game differently maybe now than you did in, in years past? Maybe a little bit, you know, obviously playing so you can, you can, you know, you're picking up on a few things. Why didn't he go here? Why didn't this guy do that? You're kind of dissecting it, but you know, watching it from the, from the booth or watching it on TV is a lot easier when, you know, <laughs> rather than playing the game. So, um, you know, nitpicking it from, from the side is, is easy, but you know, I've been really enjoying it. You know, I thought the playoffs has been really good. Um, you know, really with, with Montreal, what they're doing, I never in the wildest dreams, I thought they'd get past uh, Vegas or even Toronto for that fact. So I, I think when you look at it, you know, you know, the game yesterday was, um, was good. You can see the powerhouse that Tampa has. They can expose you in a lot of areas. But certainly as a fan and, and working in the game still, 
Um, I really enjoy watching it. And Jova, I want to just get your thought. You talked a lot about the playoffs and a couple things going off of what you just said. But in talking about playoff hockey, and of course we got to taste it down here and we've seen some great series across the National Hockey League. And I know on the broadcast, Billy and I talk about this quite a bit. But from your perspective, if you could elaborate for the folks tuned in out there, you always hear that in the playoffs – a lot of that space gets taken away. The game gets to be tighter. The game gets to be different. I guess if you could, in the simplest terms, tell the folks out there, how does the game in your mind, how does it change when you do get into the playoffs? What makes the game this time of the year that much more difficult, I guess you could say? Well, first, I think matchups are crucial, right? When you're at home, you're getting these changes. So you're really, your top guys are really going to get, you know, that special attention. And how do you shut you know, these players down, you really take their time and space away and you try to limit them from getting any speed through the neutral zone, wherever the zone they're in. And you really kind of, you know, kind of hold tight to them and just kind of try to make them least effective as you can. I mean, obviously these players are so elite, they're going to get their opportunities. If you limit them by the end of the night, uh, it gives yourself the best opportunity to win. But you know, playoff hockey, the intensity picks up. The pace is that much quicker, you know, so things are happening a lot quicker. And I think just attention to detail, guys. I, I think, you know, come the playoff time, that one goal, you, you could win games one nothing, 2-1. So your defensive, you know, part of the awareness of the puck, you know, it, it comes that extra crucial. And, and we all can see in, in the playoffs how big special teams are. It can, it can win you games. It lose your games. And I, I think we're seeing that, you know, throughout the playoffs. And just as somebody watching it, Jovo, as we've seen the, you know, we saw it down here in the in the first round, we felt the buzz. And as you've seen the great hockey fans across North America get back into the buildings in larger numbers and you feel the buzz, just how exciting has it been in your mind to see, again, not only locally here but across the league, how good the buzz has been here and the electricity in these playoffs? Well, it's been awesome, and, and and whatever way you slice it, I think you ask players, they're going to give you that answer. I think just playing in front of, you know, you know, fans, it uh, just brings that electricity, you know, to the to the rink. Whether it's a big goal or a big hit or a save, you know, the crowd gets into it, and you can see that throughout the playoffs right now. The buzz in the building, you know, especially in Tampa, they're going crazy. I almost feel bad for for what's going on in Canada. You know, you look at, I don't know if they've raised the, the capacity number, you know, for the upcoming games. I haven't heard, but um, you just imagine the Bell Center in a Stanley Cup, you know, finals. You know, it'd be crazy. So um, I think guys appreciate kind of how far things have come through this pandemic and kind of rounding the corner on it. So it's great to see fans back, not only in our sport, but every sport. And, you know, speaking of watching a little bit of Wimbledon, you see the fans there too as well. So it's good to see. And the funny thing about that is watching on TV, I know there's only a couple thousand at the Bell Center, but there's probably 20,000 outside the Bell Center, which kind of defeats the purpose. That, that's what doesn't make sense. The right? party outside so, looks like the place to be. Right. You know, so you're, you're not allowed, you know, to kind of come into the building, but you have 10, 15,000 people outside, you know, the stadium going nuts. So, um, <laughs> Well, I'm glad they're enjoying it because it's it's an unbelievable hockey market and, you know, they're rooting on, you know, a great story this year. You know, from a team, when you really look at it, you know, a team on a normal setting, you know, doesn't make the playoffs. So 
the overcoming of the hurdles that they've had, you know, through these playoffs and the excellent play of Carey Price, Shea Weber, and, and a few other guys, they find themselves in the Stanley Cup final. So it's a great story. And, you know, hopefully this series can prolong and, and we can still watch great hockey. And Jova, you talk about buzz, you talk about stories, obviously a lot of both those things for the Panthers this season, you know, a big step forward, you know, winning percentage wise, their best season ever, you know, they really went toe to toe with the lightning in the playoffs. So far, it seems like the only team that really gave the lightning much trouble on their run to the finals so far. So just from your view in the booth, from what you know about the guys, just, you know, summing up this season as a whole, maybe just got, what were your kind of takeaways and kind of looking ahead to next season? What's got you excited here about the Panthers? Well, there's a lot of great things that happened throughout the year. I I think for the Panthers, I think, you know, first and foremost, I I think the buzz around town was there. I think the, the, you know, the town recognizes uh, the group of guys that this organization has. And if we are able to keep them all together for a period of time, uh, this core group, I I think there's great things ahead for them. Um, You know, when you get in the playoffs, excuse me, when you get in the playoffs and you get a taste of, you know, just playing the playoff hockey, it just wants you to have more. And I think, you know, being defeated by Tampa, who's, you know, obviously the defending cup champions who are in the finals again, you know, it's a great learning step for them. They know now you get, you know, what it takes, you know, to advance in the playoffs. I mean, everything's got to click. You got to get, you know, everybody contribution from everyone. There's really no nights off. Um, you know, your goaltending needs to be strong, but it's good to see that these guys, you know, I feel they're right there. I feel they're right there. And, and it's accurate what you said on, you know, I think Florida, you know, has given throughout the playoffs, the, you know, the toughest matchup thus far. And they played them hard. And, you know, you look back to game one, I thought the Panthers should have won that game and could have been a different story. But, you know, overall, I think there was a lot of good signs that this, this team put forward. Uh, I thought Coach Q has done an unbelievable job with these guys, having them believe that, you know, they can be an elite team. And as long as they believe that and put the work in in the offseason and come into camp ready to go with that hunger, then they can do a lot of good things. But obviously, moving forward, I think, I think, I don't think I know that this team will be judged on how they, you know, do in the playoffs. And Jovo, over the course of the history of the sport, I mean, every team that's been able to achieve big-time success has had a rock-solid back end, and you played the blue line in the National Hockey League for a long time at a very high level. When you look at the heights that Aaron Ekblad took his game to prior to the injury this season, I mean, he was in the Norris Trophy conversation before the injury, and then the the breakout emergence that uh, Mackenzie Weger had this season. Just how instrumental were those two guys on the back end for what this team was able to accomplish this season? Well, it was, it was huge, and, and we talked about it a lot on the broadcast, uh, you know, the season that Aaron was having. Uh, it was unfortunate, you know, what happened to him, but it's part of the game, and these freak accidents happen. And for him, you know, it was one of those breaks, but I, I think when you see the emergence of Mackenzie Weger, what he, what he did during, uh, during the year, I think his leadership role, you can see him after games kind of always front and center in front of the camera you know, talking on behalf of his team. So that's an area where, you know, for him, it's another stepping stone in the right direction to, you know, be in that elite defenseman that we all believe he can be. And he definitely showed that. Uh, but a couple key acquisitions, too, that, you know, helped on Montour came and played very well. 
for the team. I thought that's an area where we all know um, you've got to have, you know, six solid defensemen, you know, to carry the load and, and even seven or eight sometimes throughout the playoffs. It's a, such a crucial position in, 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 in that area. And I think the Panthers, you know, as a group believe they're there, but I think they're one or two pieces away from that. And looking at, you know, the guys there, we talk about the role players. You mentioned the deep back end. You look at a guy like Radko Gudis, who, you know, not a lot of guys still play that type of game, you know, that throwing out 200-plus hits there this season, uh, you know, really getting under the opposing team's skin. Just how valuable is it to have a guy that can do that and do it without ending up in the penalty box? It was an area, you know, I believe the Panthers were missing for years. You know, where you get in front of the net, uh, guys are getting second and third wax at. You know, at pucks, guys weren't clearing the bodies on front of the net, um, setting that physical presence. And, I, and you look at a guy like Gudis, who's, who's fearless, who just kind of goes in there and does his job. And, and he, you know, defending is his primary concern. And he does it, uh, he does it well. He uh, puts his body on the line each and every night. But he, he brings that intimidating factor where guys aren't going to be screwing around much in the defensive zone, especially in front of the net. So that was a great acquisition. And Jovo, we want to turn the clock back a little bit here. We haven't gotten into our full-on draft coverage here on Territory Talk. And for all the folks tuned in, we're going to get to our draft previews, talk about that in depth in uh, some future episodes. But maybe this is where we start to dip our toe in the water of talking NHL draft. And Jovo, going all the way, going back to the, the 1994 draft, you were chosen first overall by the Panthers. Just what was your draft day experience like? Any interesting anecdotes that uh, you picked up along the way? Obviously, your draft experience, uh, different from a lot of guys, you knew that you were going to be going up near the uh, you know, near the top. So what was your experience like? Well, that is exactly it. I, I think now when you look at a lot of the drafts, uh, we're talking about the first overall pick by December. <laughs> you know, I think in, in, in my in my situation, um, I only interviewed with, uh, with Florida, Anaheim, and Ottawa at the time. So I figured these are probably the three teams that I'll be playing for. Um, you know, so heading into the draft, I really had no no idea that I was going to be made the number one number one pick. I had a great meeting with Florida, uh, but they definitely didn't give any any signs at that time that I was going to be their selection. But it was just a whirlwind moment. You know, you look kind of back when I started playing hockey at eleven, and then six years later, I was seventeen at the time when I got drafted because it was before my birthday on the twenty sixth. So it was a crazy. It was a it was just a whirlwind of a experience for me where I don't know if you heard I you know you know starting hockey at 11 and then you know six years later being at the NHL draft and pick number one overall was kind of a crazy experience for myself and my family but um, overall it was something that I cherished forever um, it was a neat experience for for myself and and my family and it's something that never can be taken away. And I was, I was fortunate to go to an organization where it was an expansion team where I had the opportunity to kind of, you know, slide in in, in in a year and and play and, and off to the Stanley Cup Finals we go that year. So everything kind of within that time frame through the draft, you know, through my first year was, uh, was definitely crazy. Jovo, you and the Panthers draft guys, you know, recent drafts, 2020, 2019, all the guys still say how cool it is to, to go to Florida, to get drafted by a team in Florida, how unique that is. Most of these guys coming from Canada, Europe, places like that. So 
for for you as a, as a Canadian kid joining an organization in Florida that had only been around for a season, uh, was that just uh, an incredible feeling knowing that you were not only going to a, a new place, but also at the ground floor of a team? Right. Yeah. Coming from Windsor, you know, going to, you know, moving to, to Florida and now playing in the NHL was, was an unbelievable experience, but um, yeah, I, Listen, I, I think when you look at this team, what we did, you know, my first year going to the finals, you know, the buzz was crazy around town. The Florida Panthers were number one at the totem pole. You know, we were, uh, you know, everybody wanted to come to a game. Miami Arena was a great venue to watch a game. It was, wasn't as big, but it was an intimate, you know, stage. Um, you know, but I, I think for us, you know, coming in, I mean, we just, you know, want to play hockey. And, and I think that's, you know, what we did as young guys that were drafted, Rhett Warner, Radek, Dvorak, um, you know, just got the opportunity in a franchise that was had veterans that were, were close to moving on. So we got that opportunity to slide in and to contribute, and it definitely, definitely made us grow up quick. Jovo, one more here for you before we, uh, before we let you get going. Uh, you know, now – Tell us what it's been like your transition to being a part of the the broadcast team. What uh, how's it, how have you enjoyed it, and uh, and what are some things that you picked up along the way? Well, it's been awesome. You know, for for me, uh, sitting back for a few years, I uh, really wanted to get back into the game, and this opportunity came up. I think just you know being around the guys. Unfortunately, last year we weren't allowed to get around them, but you know just kind of have that kind of connection with the players and then have to tell their stories and, and how they're going, how they're playing throughout the year. Um, and also, I think we're the, the direction of this franchise. You know, all the moves that they made with, with management, with players, it's all on the up and up. And to be have the opportunity, you know, to cover them on a daily basis has, has been great for me. Um, it gets me out of the house and gets me <laughs> following the sport, the sport that I love and especially a team uh, that I started my career with. I know we're all very excited to uh, already get to the next season of Panthers hockey, especially coming off the season that they had, and we're excited to see where things go from here. Ed Jovanovsky, our guest here today on Territory Talk. Jovo, we thank you very much for stopping by, for taking some time out for us here today. Hey, guys, anytime. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of the summer. Thanks very much. You too. Big thanks, Ed Jovanovsky, for stopping by the program this week. Territory Talk is always presented by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. And again, thanks to Jovo for stopping by Territory Talk this week. Jameson, lots of things we could take from that. Uh, you know, Jovo obviously entertained, uh, staying tuned into the playoffs. And I always, uh, the reason I ask, I, I always like hearing that perspective from guys who've been through the battles, who've played in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And Billy and I talk about it all the time on the radio broadcast. But to to get Jovo's perspective, you always hear people talk about how the game changes when you get into the playoffs. And I just love hearing that perspective for what is really different out there when you hit the ice in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And, and he's played in a ton of big games in his career. Yeah, he has. He's obviously great insight. That's why he's become, you know, a, a great broadcaster with Bally. Uh, but I just like getting guys like Jovo on. Any guys from the 96 team who just who are still around the team, like like Billy and Jovo are, who just, just love the org so much and just love that time so much. And when you have a season like this season, they're like, we're, get, we're getting close. We're getting almost back there because it really has been such a journey to try and get back to, you know, the year of the rat and the Panthers always trying to get back there and then take it a step farther. And uh, this was a big step forward. And you hear the excitement in Jovo's voice. And 
Uh, yeah, I, I, anyone from the 96 team, I'll get on here for 20 minutes and talk to because it's just a great time in Panthers history. And we know all the folks out there, and we thank you all very much for tuning in. But uh, I know everybody always loves uh, reliving some of those those early days of the Panthers franchise as well, and fun to hear his uh, his draft anecdote and, and everything like that. So, again, big thanks, Ed Jovanovsky, for stopping by the program today. Lots of exciting stuff. You talked about it a little bit off the top, Jameson, but uh, in the world of Panthers podcasts and podcasts involving Panthers people, there's a lot of excitement going on right now. Yeah, like we said, there's a new Around the NHL podcast with Randy and Katie. They got Pete Blackburn from Bally on there. Uh, go check that out. Like we say, subscribe separately. So go search for it on iTunes, Spotify, and of course on YouTube as well. The the interview itself, just the interview, uh, is on YouTube uh, on the Florida Panthers channel. So go check it out. And of course, uh, the next episode of the Panthers Pipeline podcast with Cole Schwint. That's coming up in a couple days, probably Friday if I had to guess. So stay tuned for that. But if you're subscribed to the Panthers Podcast Network, You'll get that right away, just like Territory Talk. It'll be in your inbox. You'll get it automatically. Yep. That's part of the beauty of the Panthers podcast We make it easy Network. for you guys. Yeah, we make it as easy on you as we possibly can. We hope. And if if we're making it difficult on you, tell us. If we are causing difficulties in your day-to-day life here at Territory Talk, you can tell us. Let us know right now at Doug Plagans at Jameson Coop, and we will ease those difficulties. But we try to give you a little bit of fun. On Territory Talk. Spice it up. If you're not having fun with Territory Talk, then tell us. (laughs) Maybe we can help with that. Doug Plagans, Jameson Olive here with you on Territory Talk. Big thanks, Ed Jovanovsky, for stopping by. Territory Talk, as always, is presented by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. As always, new material each and every Wednesday from us, wherever you find your podcasts. In the coming weeks, we're going to be diving into a lot of the off-season stuff that you've come to know and love right here on Territory Talk. We'll be talking draft. We'll be talking free agency down the road. Lots to get to over the course of the off-season. So again, every Wednesday, new material. And uh, we thank you very much for making it a part of your regular listening week. Jameson Olive over there, you look like you might have a parting thought for all the folks. I'm just thinking deeply. We got so much. You looked like up. you were I, reflecting. I, I, yeah, no, I just fell into an area of deep thought. I wasn't sure if I said something wrong. I, if I, if I, the moment bo- you started talking about that, I started thinking ahead to the future guests and things we got to book here. So it, it never stops. The, the work never stops here at Territory. No, Talk. Territory Talk is a weekly occurrence over the course of the year, and if you subscribe, you will be kept up to date with each one of those weekly occurrences. Territory Talk, presented by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. Once again, thanks to Ed Jovanovsky for stopping by. If you talk to Troy Brower, Jamie McGinn, Yarmir Yager, let them know we think they'd be great on the air. For Jamison Olive, I'm Doug Plagans. Thanks for being with us, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. For all your Panthers news and information, follow FLA Panthers on Twitter.